Hello and welcome to Team with Tess, a weekly gathering of women across the world. I'm Tess Yana, co-senior pastor of Link Church and the founder of the Link Sisterhood and Team with Tess. This moment was created with the heart to encourage and equip you in your own personal faith journey. As we explore God's Word, I want to encourage you to lean in, subscribe and keep showing up as we go somewhere beautiful together. This is a place where you'll hear from me and some of my special friends that are near to my heart. For more information and resources, why don't you visit teawithtest.com or connect with me on Instagram, Tessiana. Hello everyone, my name is Jess and um, I'm so excited to be hijacking um, Tea with Tess. Um, so a big shout out to Tess um, for inviting me to come along and to join all of you. And um, yeah, I'm going to look forward to um, spending this morning with you. Um, so hello to everyone who is here. I'm having a look now and seeing um, who is popping on. Lovely to see you. Um, I don't know so many of you because um, I think you're probably wondering, has Tess, you know, what's happened to Tess? She looks a little different. This is not Tess, obviously. This is Jess. And um, when we started um, chatting, I said to Tess, um, hi, Steph. It's so nice to see you. Um, please say hello to me in the comments because I know you guys are all... Um, a wonderful, beautiful, friendly community. It's a privilege to be joining with you. Morning, Belinda. Um, lovely to see you. And um, Tea with Tess has such a lovely ring. Hello, Mpume. Um, I was wondering if it would be inappropriate to rename this Gin with Jess. You know, are, are we allowed to, Amber, are we allowed to drink gin at 10 o'clock in the morning? Um, I feel like gin with Jess has a good ring to it, but it's slightly inappropriate for um, 10 o'clock on a Wednesday. Hello <laughs> to hello Jody. Um, uh, Tess has been such an um, amazing person in my life, and she's quite a new friend to me. I know many of you have known her for a really long time. Um, she's such an amazing person. and um, But I got to know your beautiful Tess writing this book because we were in the same writing groups. Wait, hang on. Amber, ginger shots. Do you know what? I don't do ginger. I can't, I can't even have ginger on my sushi, guys. Ginger is terrible, um, but it is healthier and more appropriate. Sorry, Steph, I know you like the healthy, drink healthy things, proper smoothie girl, but um, have you thought about branching out into mid-morning cocktails? <laughs> Um, yeah, so, um, yes, we are, no, we are not rebranding Tea with Tess as Gin with Jess, okay? We will stick with Tea with Tess. It's an honor for me um, to be here with you. And um, like I was saying, Tess and I got to know each other during a writing course. And um, yeah, I must tell you about this amazing woman of yours. So we had a WhatsApp group for all the people in the writing um, course and Tess started a new WhatsApp group. Tess started a WhatsApp group called You Can Do This. I mean, doesn't that just sound like something Tess would do? She started a WhatsApp group with myself and Nande Boss, who I know you guys also know, 
and and she started a group called You Can Do This. And Tess Anande cheered me on through this book writing process. I don't know what I would have done without them. They got early drafts. They got weepy voice notes. They got, you know, self-pitying laments. Um, they also are the kind of woman who cheered me on and popped the champagne and ordered the book and then some, you know. So I'm super grateful for them. So when Tess reached out and said, Jess, would you... Um, take over tea with Tess for the morning. I was like, of course I can. And you're so generous and thank you. Um, so this morning, um, I want to share with you a little bit of the story behind Empty Cages and where it came from. And just have to grab something that I forgot to put you because I have a cage. So, in the beginning of the year, I found myself locked in a cage. Um, the cage bars had come down slowly over me for many, many years. Um, and, you know, Jesus said, <laughs> he says, you will know the truth. It's a promise. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And in my experience, in the absence of truth, in the absence of accurate explanations, we believe lies. And lies make us captive. Um, lies make us captive. And I believe that's why Jesus said, the truth will set you free. Because the truth lifts the lid on the cages that we find ourselves in, cages that are often, often constructed out of lies. So at the beginning of this year, um, I found that I was able for the first time to name my cage. And I don't know what your stories are, and I don't know the things that you've been through and the things that have happened to you, but sometimes we don't know what our cages are actually for. And we cannot find freedom without truth. We have to, on the back of this book is like one of my favorite lines. Name your cage, find your freedom. Um, and so accurate explanations lead to accurate problem solving. And so at the beginning of this year, um, I was diagnosed with adult ADHD. And I did not know how much of a cage undiagnosed ADHD had put me in. Without understanding how my brain worked, how my body worked, I just made up reasons for why I was the way I was. And I don't know about you, but have you ever been, have any of you ever been in a situation where you don't know why something is happening, so you make up the reasons? Like, you don't know why your friend hasn't, you know, messaged you back. And so you're like, well, she's obviously irritated with me. Well, I must have done something to offend her. Or you don't know why someone is late, your husband or your partner is late coming home from work. So you make up a story. Oh, my gosh, they must be in a car crash. Something terrible has happened. In the absence of an accurate explanation, we believe lies. And so the lies that I believed about myself, about my brain, actually, in the absence of this understanding 
that I have ADHD um, was, you know what, Jeff, you're just lazy. You just can't finish what you start. You know, you, you're just not a high capacity person. Um, you know, Jess, you, you just can't follow, you have no self-discipline. Jess, you have no self-control. And this bar of, oh, well, Jess, you're just lazy, started to close in over my brain, over my self, over my, my identity. In the accurate, absence of an accurate explanation about why I was the way I was, um, I just started to people, Jess, you're just, you're just hazy. Like, you're just maybe not as smart as you thought you were. You know, you just can't keep up. You can't cope like all these other people can cope. All these other people can handle their lives, Jess. You know, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you was this little voice that was in my head all the time. And then the worst one was, Jess, you know, you're just crazy. You're crazy. You're too reactive. You're too emotional. Um, you can't control your temper. Um, you forget everything. You, you lose your stuff, you're irresponsible. And, you know, no one really knew that these were lies that I believed about myself. Because I think like many of us, we are, people don't know that we feel stuck in a cage. And I felt like a bird who was stuck in a cage and I was singing, but I wasn't soaring. I wasn't flourishing. I wasn't free. And when I got my ADHD diagnosis was someone like someone lifted the lid on my beautiful brain and looked inside and saw all the potential, the creativity, the innovation, the life, the abundance, the way that my brain makes interesting connections and notices things that other people overlook. And I felt like I was set free. And so I wonder this morning, if you wouldn't take a moment, just listen to the whisper of God. And he might be wanting to lift the lid for you. He may be saying, what is the name of your cage? Stella's just said such power in naming things. And that's the first thing I would love you to do this morning, is to name your cage. Where in your life do you feel trapped? Where in your life do you feel stuck? Where do you feel like maybe you've lost yourself along the way? Where do you feel snake? Name your cage. Find your cage. So, um, I want to read a little bit to you. From the first chapter of Empty Cages. And it is called, uh, chapter one is called Lazy, Busy, and Crazy. We were driving back from our weekly dinner, heading home after half price sushi and red wine. I still remember the section of the highway we were on as we left the little Chinese restaurant where we'd been frequenting for over a decade of date nights on a Thursday. It was one of those heavy, humid evenings in Durban, where the air is so thick with sea spray that the yellow street lamps glow orange in the dark, balmy and warm, muggy and hot. What happened to me? I wondered out loud to my husband as we cruised past the neighborhood I'd grown up in. I 
feel like I used to be such an ambitious, excited person. I feel like I've settled for smallness somehow. Once spoken out loud, that question followed me around like a desperately loyal little puppy clamoring for my attention. No ball I kicked to distract it could make it scamper off. Instead, it sat at my feet until I reluctantly picked it up and pulled it away. What had happened to me? Motherhood. <laughs> I discovered that I was the fun mom who was up for spontaneous adventure. I was also the mom who dropped her kids off at school the day before the term started. Twice. I learned that I was the mom who could happily set aside all the chores and play Lego on the floor for hours, but I was also the mom who never knew what they were meant to bring to Valentine's Day tomorrow. Guys, you know me. If you're a mom and you're on the WhatsApp group, I'm the mom who's like, what? Who? What time? Where? What are they supposed to bring? That's me. Parenting revealed that I was the mom who made up the most fantastic, hilarious stories that could make the crying toddler laugh. But I'm also the mom who's on her third wedding ring. Third wedding ring, guys. Same husband, to be clear. The husband is still Tom, the gorgeous, clever man I married at the age of 22. But yes, third wedding ring. I'm not going into details except to say that one involved getting the dog x-rayed, digging through poop for two weeks, and getting one of those metal detector guys to walk through the garden. I didn't have a name for why I was the way I was, but I could see the symptoms of something. My most insidious symptoms, the ones most people never caught a glimpse of, were my shame, my sensitivity, and my wounded self-esteem. These beliefs that I was a bit useless and a lot lazy had been galvanized over the years and started to close in on me from above like bars. Not being able to explain how I was left me with no other conclusions. At best, the cage made me believe I was a small person with a small life. On a good day, I could explain all of this with resignation that I'm just not a high-capacity person. At worst, the absence of an explanation left me feeling irreparable. Without language, the problem there was no hope or solution i believed i was hurting more than helping and my husband and kids would be better off without me and the guilt led me down tracks i never should travel but then i found the real why and suddenly a key was dropped into that cage Many years ago, I came across this poem by the 14th century Sufi poet. I want to read it for you guys today. It's called Dropping Keys. And I don't even have to read it. I can recite it because I know it by heart. And God spoke to me through this poem. And this is Dropping Keys by Hafez. The small woman builds cages for everyone she knows. While the sage who has to duck her head when the moon hangs low keeps dropping keys all night long for the beautiful round prisons. I'm just finished with that poem. I had to write this book 
because I once believed a story that was not true. That story had to be retold. I knew what it was like to be a beautiful, rowdy prisoner. Somewhere along the way, I had built a cage for myself and I didn't know who had the key. Turns out, it was him. So, in Galatians 5, Paul writes and he says, Now that the Son has truly set you free, make sure that you stay free. Make sure that you stay free. And that's why the process for finding freedom is to name your cage and then find your freedom. And so just to wrap things up from the book point of view, um, I just want to read to you, I read from you from chapter one, I'm going to read to you a little bit from the last chapter, which is chapter 19. And it's called Free as a Breeze. And I just have to tell you that Jordan Gerber, Blink, your very own Jordan Gerber, designed this cover. How beautiful is this cover? Come on. It is so beautiful. And not only that, but Jordan did this beautiful illustration. And if you, do, if you read the book, you will find that in this picture, there are little like secret symbols that are hidden. So everything in this picture is somewhere in the book. And I actually can't wait for someone to figure this out. No one has figured it out yet. Um, and Jordan like literally kept her baby in for a few extra days so that she could finish this project. Thank you, Summer Rae, for staying in your mommy's tummy for a few extra days. Um, Jordan, you really were amazing, and I'm so grateful that you're on here, and I'm sure that Summer Rae is hopefully snoozing somewhere right now. Okay, so this is the last chapter, <laughs> um, and it's called Free as a Breeze. And I just want to check something while I'm with you guys. So, recently, Tom and I were invited to a fancy gala dinner. Some of you were actually there. We farmed out the kids to the long-suffering grandparents and got into our best clothes, which in my case was a borrowed red dress, and for Tom was his classic formal suit. We pulled into the parking lot of the gorgeous venue, and as Tom stepped out of the car, he, we heard the swift, savage sound of his pants ripping from crotch to crack. True story. He froze mid-exit, looked over his shoulder at me in dismay, and we both burst out laughing. It was not just a tear, it was a giant hole in his pant suit. Tom was as free as the breeze. Cue a lightning quick visit to the nearest Woolworths department store, privacy preserved by a blanket we found in the boot of my car, and a hilarious jaunt through a crowded mall on a Friday night. We actually bumped into our youth pastor on at Gateway on Friday, and he's like, why are you wearing a blanket around your waist? Tom's like, because I have a hole in my pants. Um, one of my personal proudest moments was that the two of us pulled back into that self-same fancy venue parking lot only 30 minutes later. I may not be able to run fast, but I can hustle through a mall. Despite his history with pants, Tom is actually quite a snappy dresser. He used to have a local designer-made t-shirt with a drawing of a birdcage on it. The cage door was wide open, but the bird was lying dead on the floor. It was very cool and obscure and philosophical. 
but it was also very true. And friends, if you remember this, this is the one that you should take away with you from our time together is this. Freedom isn't freedom if you don't walk after freedom. Freedom isn't freedom if you don't walk after death. Following Jesus is how I walked out of my cage. I don't think I would have stepped out if I hadn't found someone for my soul to follow out. I, I think I'm smart and privileged and well-resourced and curious enough to have walked my thinking and my emotions and, and my body out of my cage. I'm just not convinced I would have found my soul with room to breathe, free as the breeze, without finding the God that I knew had walked in my shoes. Jesus lived in the first century in the ancient Near East, which was primarily an agricultural society. When he taught, he told stories, stories that would make sense to the locals he knew and lived alongside, people who were shepherds, farmers, and working folk in the rural villages. And blah, 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 blah. Anyway, one of the ways Jesus described himself so that this farming community could relate to him was like this. And this is John 10, verse 9 to 10. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Now, obviously, I have a thing for gates and doors. But when I read this verse, I don't picture a, a sheep's pen with a gate, which is probably what Jesus was pointing to on the scrubby hillside where he spoke. I picture a sci-fi movie-like scene of just this gloriously extensive, expansive, breathtaking, beautiful love of God across time and space. And right in the center of it is a gate, a door, an entrance, one that I'm invited to walk through and attempt to do daily by following Jesus. You know, I think for so many people, the idea of God is so big and grand, but Jesus is like this touch point, this gate, this place for us to walk through that feels familiar because he walked in our shoes. And that's why in Galatians 4, um, Paul writes, and he sums up the whole story, he says, when the time was right, God sent Jesus, God sent Jesus, fully divine, born of a woman, fully human, subject to the law, so that we might be free. It's so important for us to know that Jesus was fully divine, access to that huge, grand, universal, glorious, heavenly love of God. But born of a woman, fully human, he walked in our shoes to set us free. Jesus offers to free us. Not from fire and brimstone, or from heaven, or for, from hell, or for heaven, like so many of us think, but Jesus comes to free us. From being trapped. He offers to free us from a life 
where we feel like maybe the thief has robbed or stolen or destroyed or maybe where we feel dead inside. That's what thieves do. Thieves are takers. Jesus is a giver. And as you pursue freedom, not just for your mental health or your identity or your relationships or your sense of self, but also for the deeper part of you, pursue Jesus. Freedom isn't freedom if you don't walk out the door. And Jesus called himself the door. So, um, beautiful Tea with Tess community, I just wanted to say thank you for letting me share some of my book with you. And um, I share it with you, honestly, not so that you buy a book, but so that you pursue Jesus. So that this Christmas, when you ask yourself, oh, why? Why all of this? Why the admin? Why the stress? Why the family? Why the money? Like, that you, the why would be because Christmas is when Jesus came to bring us freedom. When you ask yourself, what is the cage you find yourself in, whether it's death or a toxic relationship or a job that you hate or a child and parenting them that's turning out to be feel like something you just can't find a breakthrough for, I pray that once you've named that cage, you will pursue freedom through Jesus for that area of your life and um yeah let me i would love to pray for you um for those of you who are watching with us live now is there anything that you would like me to pray for any of the other women who are prayer warriors on this group um i believe in the power of prayer and this book wouldn't have been written if it wasn't for the women who i have these incredible relationships with who have prayed for me in my darkest days, who've prayed for me in my hardest times of mothering, in the hardest times of marriage, in the hardest times of ministry, um, prayer has been where Jesus has brought me so much freedom and life and connection. Um, and so if there's anything that we could pray for today, someone you know, um, that just let us know, because I would love to spend the last five minutes that we have together um, praying. So maybe you just want to bring some stillness to your heart now. Reflect on what the Holy Spirit has whispered to you. Um, where maybe your story and my story intersect a little. Or maybe there's someone you know. Um, and you know that they're going through some tough stuff right now. Let's pray for those of us who longing to be soaring and flourishing in prayer. God, we just thank you that you sent your son. Jesus, fully divine. In him, we live and move and have our being because in Jesus, we have access. We are heirs to all the beautiful, rich grace of God. And Jesus, you're also fully human. You know what it is to struggle. You know what it is to feel the weariness. And this weary world is waiting. So we thank you for this Christmas. I pray for each one of these beautiful women that they would be aware of your presence, that they would be aware of your voice, they would be aware of the freedom that you want to bring. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you want to buy a copy of Empty Cages, um, you can go to www.jessbasson.com, J-E-S-S-B-A-S-S-O-N.com, um, and you can order a copy there, and I will courier to you. Um, it's also on Friday, it will be available on Kindle. So if you are joining us from outside of South Africa, or you like to read on Kindle or your tablet or whatever, Empty Cages will be available on Kindle on Friday, which is really exciting. Um, but thank you. Thank you, Candice. Thank you, Amber. Um, it's been really cool to be with you guys this morning. And um, yeah, I know we're all just fans of Tess and her leadership and her care for us. And I'm so grateful to have been roped in with you today for the Tea with Tess takeover. And I trust the rest of your week, you will know the freedom of God in your life. So thanks for having me, ladies.